Thank you, Pastor Nick. Well, good evening and happy Easter to each one of you. I hope that you've had a wonderful Easter weekend and we continue to pray God's blessings upon you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, if you weren't here this morning, then you missed a wonderful message from Pastor Nick. Wasn't it wonderful? As I was listening to it, I thought this is excellent truth, good insight, and so not that I don't normally think that, but I just thought, you know, this is just excellent, and so if you haven't heard it, then you can listen to it this week on our website, all right? And he didn't pay me to say that, no. Not this time. No, not this time. Young Alex and his family gathered together at his grandma's house for Easter dinner. Well, the food was put on the table and they were passing everything around. And as soon as his plate was full, Alex began to eat. Well, his father said, Alex, you know that we always say grace before we eat. Well, Alex continued and he said, no, it's okay, I don't need to. His mother got very angry and forcefully said, you better stop, we need to say grace. You know that at home, we always say grace before we eat. Well, young Alex said, I know we always say grace at home, but we're at grandma's house and she actually knows how to cook. Okay. (laughs) If you have your Bibles, would you turn to John chapter 20? And as I think about Easter and as you think about Easter, the title of my sermon this evening is The Joy That Emptiness Brings. Now, at first, you might not think that makes much sense, but stick with me and you'll understand what I mean. The joy that emptiness brings. John chapter 20, and we'll focus on verses 1 to 9. And if you are able to, would you stand as we read God's word? John chapter 20, starting from verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the other linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for this day, this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Day. And Lord, indeed, we know that it is on this Resurrection Day 
that you changed history forever. And so because of it, we thank you that we can gather together, that we can worship, that we can have hope, knowing that today is not the end, but there is a wonderful future in eternity for each and every one of us. And so, Lord, may you bless this message. May you speak to each person here, and may you help us to be obedient to respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Feel free to be seated. As we read this passage of scripture and as we celebrate Easter Sunday today, that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there are so many things that we can have joy about. There are so many things that can uh, cause us to rejoice. And as I said earlier, when I look at the scripture, when I look at the Easter story, we can truly have joy because of the emptiness that Easter brings. And first of all, we can have joy because of the empty cross. We can have joy because of the empty cross. You see, Jesus really did die on a cross a long time ago. And you may have heard that over the years as you grew up, but has it truly resonated with you on what that truly means for you and for me? Do you truly understand what he accomplished on that cross? You see, when we look at the cross, and there's a cross up here that you can look at here. When you look at the cross, we can see that the cross is empty. That one day Jesus' body was on that cross where he died, where his blood was shed for you and for me. And he did that so that he could pay the ultimate price for your sins and mine, an atoning sacrifice to reconcile our relationship to God, one that we could not do on our own. And Jesus did that for us. And as we look at the cross and look at it empty, we also can look at it full of hope, Hope for the future, hope for the resurrection that is to come, hope for the fact that he gives us that gift of eternal life. We can rejoice because the cross is empty. We can rejoice because Jesus willingly gave up his life on that cross. He paid the ultimate penalty for our sins. Although in Jesus' day, the cross was a symbol of suffering and shame. The cross was looked upon as something so negative, something to be feared, something that brought about terror and negative emotions. Because of what Jesus has accomplished on the cross, we can look at the cross and see hope. We can look at the cross and see love. We can look at the cross and see forgiveness. We can look at the cross and understand what true unconditional love looks like. We can look at the cross and be thankful that it is empty, that Jesus is no longer on the cross, but it is empty. God's word tells us that God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It was on that cross that Jesus offered himself that perfect spotless lamb on each of our behalf. No one else in all of history has ever been able to say that they have lived a perfect life 
much less offer themselves for all of mankind. Jesus did that for you and for me. And that is why we're told that there is no one else that we can find salvation in. It is only through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. It is only through him that we can find salvation and we can be thankful for the cross. We can be thankful for what he has done. When Jesus breathed his last breath, he cried out, it is finished. The penalty was paid. It was on that cross that all was finished, that he accomplished what he needed to do, and now you and I can stand forgiven. There's a hymn that most of you probably know, a beautiful hymn called The Old Rugged Cross. And in the refrain it says, and I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. One day, we can exchange the cross of Jesus for that crown in glory. We can exchange it. And that's why we must cling to the cross of Jesus. That's why we must hold on to Jesus Christ. Because one day when we get to heaven and we stand before him, we will enjoy the fullness of our salvation for eternity. We can rejoice because the cross is empty. That Jesus is no longer on it, but he has risen just as he said he would. Amen. Amen. The stone that was placed in front of the tomb was a large stone, probably something like a boulder, probably weighing upward to two tons. Not only that, but the Romans had not only placed the, the stone there, but had sealed it so that no one could remove it without their permission. We read in the scriptures that the ladies came early in the morning looking for Jesus. And what they found was the stone was rolled away. And not only was the stone gone, but his body also was gone. Jesus had risen. He was alive and the tomb was empty. And as we celebrate Easter, we can have joy because of the empty tomb. Because of the empty tomb. In his Sunday school class, several weeks before Easter, Philip's teacher introduced a special project. He gave every member a little plastic egg. He explained that each child was to go outside, find a symbol of new life, and put it in the egg. Enthusiastically, all the children responded and ran outside. Back in the classroom, the eggs were opened one at a time, with each child explaining the meaning of his or her symbol. In the first egg was a pretty flower, in the next a beautiful butterfly. While there was green grass in the third, the children ooed and awed and looked upon what each other had brought in their egg. In the second last egg, there was a rock which prompted loud laughter. And finally, in the last egg, as it was open, there was nothing there. Well, the children said, well, someone obviously didn't do the project properly. They didn't do it right. 
when the teacher felt a tug on his shirt. It was Philip. Philip said, that's my egg, and I did do it right. You see, the egg is empty because the tomb was empty. And isn't that a symbol of new life and hope? Amen. You see, what we can fail to understand is that because of the empty tomb, we can have joy. We can have new life. We can have hope for the future. On Good Friday, Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And that is a wonderful truth, but how good it is to know that the story doesn't end there. That not only do we have forgiveness, but then on the third day, on that Easter Sunday morning, when Jesus rose from the dead, when his body was gone and he was now alive, that it brought us new hope. It brought us new life. It brought us that ability to have eternal life with God. It gave us the hope for the future. You see, Jesus not only paid the penalty for sin, but he conquered death itself, and he rose from the grave. His power and his authority could not be concealed, could not be kept down, but he is God, and he is bigger and greater and more powerful. He is alive, and the tomb was empty. He came to life. He raised to life just as he said he would. It's one thing for him to be able to forgive us and another thing for us to know that because of his resurrection, we can have eternal life with him. To those who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, death truly has lost its sting. It no longer has victory over us. It's no longer something to be feared, but we can truly say, where, O oh, death, is your sting? Where, O oh, death, is your victory? It has lost its sting because of what Jesus has accomplished. So why was the tomb empty? It was empty because Jesus was alive. In other passages, we read that the angel said, he is risen. And the promise to us is that we too can live even if we die. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And then the question is, do you believe this? He who lives, who, he who believes in me will live even though he dies. The truth of the matter is, is that even when this life on earth comes to an end, we can look forward to an eternity with Christ, that we can live forever. Do you understand how amazing that is? That we can have this eternal life simply because Jesus died to give it to us. And all we have to do is to trust in him and believe in him. Surrender ourselves to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is alive. There is a joke that talks about when Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate to tell him that he wanted to give Jesus his tomb to be buried in. Pilate asked him, and why would you give Jesus your tomb? 
Why would you want to give this man your tomb to be buried in? What about you? Well, the joke says that Joseph smiled and said, it's only for the weekend. <laughs> it's only for the weekend. You see, Jesus didn't need it longer than that because he accomplished exactly what he said he would do. He only needed it for the weekend. We can have joy because the tomb is empty. It didn't take the disciples long to discover that the tomb was just the way the woman had said it was. They said it was empty, and it was empty. But that's not all. Inside, Peter found the clothes that Jesus had been buried in. They too were empty. So this could only mean one thing, that Jesus was alive. If someone had stolen the body, they wouldn't have removed the burial clothes and folded them up neatly and left them where he laid. Truly, Jesus was alive. In verses 6 and 7, we read this. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. You see, we can have joy because of the empty burial clothes. We can have joy because of the empty burial clothes. In order to understand why this is so significant, why in verse 7 it talks about the cloth that was around Jesus' head was folded up and it was put by itself there. Why would this be significant? A whole verse to talk about this. Well, in order to understand the significance of the folded cloth, we need to understand a little bit about Hebrew tradition. The folded napkin had to do with the master and the servant. And every Jewish boy knew this tradition. When the servant set the table for the master to have dinner, he made sure that it was exactly the way the master wanted it. The table was furnished perfectly. And then the servant would wait just out of sight until the master had finished eating. The servant would not dare to touch the table until the master was completely finished. Now, if the master was finished eating, he would rise from the table, wipe his hands, mouth, clean his beard, and wad up the napkin and toss it onto the table. The servant would know to go and clear the table, for in those days, the wadded up napkin meant, I'm finished. But if the master got up from the table, folded his napkin, and placed it beside the plate, the servant would not dare touch the table, because the folded napkin meant, I'm coming back. In Jesus having the cloth folded up and placed beside the place where he lay, we can be reminded that he tells us he's coming back that he's coming back one day for his church, that he's not finished with us, but one day he will return. We can have joy because of the empty burial clothes. It is the very fact that each of these things were empty. 
the emptiness that assures us that God's promises are real because they couldn't hold Jesus, because he couldn't be contained by a cross, the tomb, or even his burial clothes. But we can be sure of the fullness of God's promises, the promises that he makes to us in our lives and in Scripture over and over again. The cross couldn't hold him, the tomb couldn't contain him, and the burial clothes weren't necessary because Jesus was and is alive. We can have joy because of the emptiness that Easter brings. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for who you are. And we thank you, Lord, that as we look at the Easter story, that, Lord, we thank you that the cross was empty, that your tomb was empty, that the burial clothes were empty, all pointing towards the fact that you were finished with all of those things and that you are alive just as you said that you would be. And Lord, because of that, we thank you for the hope that we can have in you, for the promise of forgiveness of sins and of eternal life. And Lord, we commit ourselves anew and afresh to you. And we thank you for paying the penalty for our sins. We thank you for the gift of eternal life that is available only through you, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just continue to acknowledge you as Savior and Lord of our lives. And so, Lord, may you continue to be glorified in all that we do, in the way that we live our lives. And may you continue, Lord, to, to be present each and every day, no matter what we go through in this life, Remind us, Lord, that you are alive and that you are with us. We thank you for the emptiness that Easter brings. We thank you for the joy that we can have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.